feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. Welcome to another edition of the Conquer Local podcast. Today, on this week's edition, we are going to speak to the founder and CEO of Funnel Dash from Austin, Texas, Mr. Zach Johnson. Funnel Dash has been in business for about four and a half years, and in the past year and a half, they have come forward with a new product, their signature product called AdCard, the first charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. With a long tenure and working in the ad business through ad agency work and with various large ad spends, Zach Johnson and the company at Funnel Dash have been putting together a program which would allow you to finance and to put a capital component into your ad spend. We're going to learn more about that when we bring him onto the show in a moment. He also has his own podcast called Rich Ad Poor Ad. He authored the Agency Growth Explosion book in 2019, and his new book, Rich Ad, Poor Ad, same name as the podcast, will be released in 2021. So Mr. Zach Johnson will join us in a moment on this week's edition of the Conquer Local podcast. It's Zach Johnson, the founder and CEO of Funnel Dash, joining us. And Zach, all the way from Austin, Texas, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You, uh, you've been around for a number of years. Tell us all about Funnel Dash and, and your business. It's a real interesting model. Yeah, we recently, this year, we partnered with MasterCard to create the first co-brandable ad card for agencies and their clients that spend a lot on ads. As well as uh, as well as Ad Capital, where we're offering growth funding uh, for businesses that want to scale. So, as an agency owner, I could uh, be a part of Funnel Dash, and you've got this great signature product called Ad Card. Tell me how that works. Yeah, so part of the opportunity for the ad agency is to monetize by offering financial products to their clients. You know, a typical like let's say a paid media ad agency might charge between five and ten percent of spend to to manage the client spend, and when they co-brand ad card with us, they get one percent of the interchange back from from Mastercard. So a lot of times it's it's like the easiest thing an agency can do to double their profit, and uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty easy uh, sell to get their get their clients on on board. It's stacked with you know, a suite of benefits that are really designed to drive better advertising performance, not get you maybe a free flight, you know, every summer to Mexico or something. Yeah, like no, that. it's it's very it's very aligned with helping the customer. And I um, you know, you you've been quite successful with over five thousand agency customers. You're managing over a billion dollars in ad spend. Uh so that's a significant yeah. uh that's a significant pipeline running through AdCard. Yeah, I mean, I think this is something we really align with with with, with Vendessa's approach is that the ad agency is the trusted advisor. It, it, they uh, five thousand agencies gets us reached to about fifty thousand connected advertisers that uh, represents a billion dollars a year in ad spend. 
So let's talk a little bit more about your uh, positioning in the market because you have your own podcast, Rich Ad, Poor Ad. What's the what's the concept behind that? Yeah, it's a play off the book, obviously, but we're really <laughs> trying to bridge the world of advertising and financial products and financial education, right? Where our kind of enemy of the podcast is what we call marketer math, where everybody wants to round up to the nearest million and, and kind of screenshot their latest and greatest stories. But we have, uh, it's really three fun segments of the show. Yeah, the rich ad is what's working now. And we highlight agencies, e-commerce brands, SaaS technology, fintech companies, and we've had people on there that spend 500K a day on ads when it goes to Black Friday. Uh, we've had people talk about how they put a million dollars behind a single piece of creative on, on YouTube. And then we do something that isn't really done enough in the space. It's just poor ad. It's really a humble <laughs> roast of an epic failure of theirs that they thought was going to win. And sometimes we learn more from our failures. And so that's a poor ad. And then we, we uh, wrap it up with a financial principle um, on, uh, on how people look at managing the cash in their business, how they look at funding their business. And from the agency's perspective, how, what is the agency's role in having these financial conversations? Like, should they have their hands on the books? Like, if a client says, I don't have the money for this budget, should you actually help them bringing some financial products to the table to solve for that? Or should you just kind of fold up shop and say, okay, you're not going to be a client anymore. <laughs> we'll see you later. Well, and, and with the capital side of the business and, and ad card, you're really helping that discussion because it's, you know, I, I would run more ads if I, if I had more access to capital and, you know, can we prove that? I, I'm sure that it all comes down to the fact that we have this ability now to prove attribution. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, there's this really big, you know, assumption uh, in the world of of uh, paid media agencies, where they uh, believe that there's a hundred percent correlation that if I give my client better numbers and better reporting and more accurate numbers, that that is going to then turn into changing my client's behavior and spending more on ads. And what we found is that you know those were the early days of Funnel Dash. That was essentially where we started on this path to help advertisers scale, we thought that we were going to do that, right? We thought we were going to build this automated reporting tool. And it turns out that it's not 100% correlation. And at the end of that attribution rainbow is ultimately a financial conversation. Right. And if you, you can kind of shortcut this as an agency and just say, hey, you're pre-approved for $100,000 of additional marketing budget and ad spend going into Q4, Based on your past performance, here's what we think this could do in terms of revenue. And like you just skip the whole conversation of here's my report to my manager that that's going to get laid up into the financial team, that that's going to go have to get approval for more budget. And the marketing manager is just going to be like, oh, I'm just, I got to pass this over to the CFO. He's got to see this. And you just it's a, it's a shortcut to getting more budget. So I uh, in the notes here. I wanted to talk about Agency Growth Explosion, which you co-authored yes. in the summer of 2019. Um, you know, there is this growth that, that is happening with this phenomenon of digital marketing agencies. My, my background is in the media business. And if you wanted to go out and sell media, you had to be, 
you know, strapped to a tower in a field or, uh, you know, have a printing press back in the good old days. And now <laughs> we could take that relationship that we have with our 20 or 30 advertisers and offer them yeah. everything. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing what technology has allowed us to do. Let's talk about Agency Growth Explosion, the book. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it really came out of a selfish, <laughs> very selfish marketing experiment where I had this two and a half hour webinar presentation where I would just unload, you know, all my learnings about how to grow an agency, how to, you know, get high value clients, right? It wasn't, these were clients that would pay five, $10,000 a month and that would actually pay you more each and every single month because you're helping them grow. And I was like, man, this is painful for anybody to learn this information. It's two and a half hours. And so we turned it into a book and it had far more success as a book, uh, both on the, the, the ebook version and the physical book version in helping agencies um, learn from my mistakes uh, of starting an agency and kind of my path to, you know, the first few months hitting $100,000 a month in, in revenue in an agency and then getting Bell's palsy, like literally my face stopped working because I built the agency the, the wrong way. And it all starts with, you know, building a systematic customer acquisition engine to, to consistently generate leads. And if you, if you can systemize the front end, automating the back end is so much easier. Uh, <laughs> and when they, if the, my first ops person said, he's like, Hey Zach, if you put shit in, you're going to have <laughs> shit come out. So we got to dial in and optimize and systemize your sales first. So that's essentially what the book is about. You know, one of the things we've been noticing over the last few years, and it might be the the rise in, in SaaS software companies, you mm -hmm. know, everybody's a software company now, but this idea of demand generation is one of the big challenges. You know, if, if you think mm -hmm. that a top sales leader that can build high-performing sales organizations is in demand and can find, you know, there's, there's opportunity if you've been there, done that in that space. I'm also finding that if... You've been there and done that in demand generation, and you're able to keep on top of the trends. What what do you see as far as you look in your crystal ball? And I, and I love the fact you're always looking back, and you can find those learnings in in the past. Uh, you know, maybe not failures, maybe learnings. But um, <laughs> what what are you seeing as we we look at how demand gen is changing, and how are we going to feed this? need for these top demand gen performers to be able to run these parts. I, I just see it as a big missing piece right now. Yeah. So I guess there's a, there's a couple parts there. So demand gen for the agency owner, right? Like sure. Or, and, or their big customers even, you know, be it's, it's a double layered thing. Like how do I do demand gen for me? And, and then how do I, how do I sell that through to my client base? Yeah. 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 I think like, uh, I think that demand gen on the agency side is starting the conversation with what your clients like actually want. And believe it or not, they actually don't want another agency. <laughs> they don't want like another free audit, right? Or a, a website audit. Uh, you'd be, agencies are always surprised of how much demand there already is for growth capital, right? Like growth capital is, <laughs> you know, the number one, or access to growth capital or lack of access to growth capital is one of the biggest reasons why businesses fail. And for agencies to be able to come in and insert themselves into that flow and solve that problem very quickly, 
and then be able to help invest those funds and manage those funds is what I see the next trend for the foreseeable years. It's, it's almost kind of like what it, you know, the audit was, the, you know, the Facebook ad or website audit was like five, 10 years ago, you know, for the agency. So that's where I see um, the big demand gen opportunity for agencies in terms of, you know, platforms and, and you know, customers and, and advertisers Paid advertising is is the is amazing. You know, we before Funnel Dash, I was a VP of marketing at a company called Lead Pages, and I was also um, running uh, paid media at Big Commerce here in Austin through our agency. And we could spend upwards of five hundred thousand dollars a month acquiring customers, but it was never the it was never a question of ROAS because we always knew the CAC to LTV was there. The biggest question mark was when. Right. <laughs> How long do we have to wait? To, yeah. to, uh, We're building this a, pipeline value. When the hell does it come true? Yeah, it was more of an IRR conversation than it was an ROI conversation. Yeah. And that was really the um, kind of a, the big impetus and like big idea behind Ad Capital was the ROI is there, but if a if a brand or an e-commerce business or a subscription business is spending a hundred thousand dollars a month on ads and they have a six month payback period, you know that's six hundred grand of operating capital. If you want to grow by two or three x next year, you're looking at a small seed round, and the next year you're going to give away 30 percent of your company uh, in in a Series A. And so there was a stat that came out that kind of summarized all this by this guy uh, by the name of Chamath. He was an old CEO at Social Capital. He said that 40% of the $2 billion he invested was spent on paid advertising. And I was like, gosh, there's got to be a better financial (laughs) instrument than paying Facebook and Google for ads. Well, you you seem to have solved uh, you know an, an interesting challenge. What what do you see happening as we move into twenty twenty one with this new normal that we're experiencing? Yeah, I think that I see a lot of agencies, you know, that really suffered with COVID, where their clients were heavily focused on retail and local businesses. That I know this whole podcast is conquer local, but a lot of these agencies are pivoting into e-commerce businesses, like e-commerce agencies, how to help local become e-commerce and get online. And it's just, uh, I mean, we've seen, what, 10 years of e-commerce growth in like less than six months. It's it's absolutely wild. No, it's staggering. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I believe that for a successful digital marketing agency, they need to lead with e-commerce for sure. I, I was in an interesting discussion the other day with my clothier and uh, I was saying, you know, you, you should be online with e-commerce. I could have still been buying stuff from you while COVID was going on because they'd completely shut down. Oh, and man. the answer that he, that he had for me, and you know, not, not uh, a younger business gentleman, like old, like me, um, he said, well, but then I'm gonna have to tie in my inventory system and and uh, I don't really know how I would go about doing that. And then probably going to need different server. And 
So he, he has obviously thought about it and he's poked his nose around to know that there's a whole bunch of other questions that are going to be answered. But on your, on your side of the balance sheet, you know yeah. that we need to be running ads to power that mm-hmm. e-commerce store. I think I could get him across. I'm not actually selling him, but you know, <laughs> he was selling me and I was just trying to convince him that he should come out of the stone age. But it, it was interesting yeah. to listen to his perceived objections. And then yeah. I, I think that another objection might be, he only really runs ads twice a year when he has the January sale and the summer sale. Um, mm-hmm. not, not a big traditional advertiser ever in the career of that business. And you're over here on the, on your side of the business going, you're mm-hmm. going to have to run some ads to power the e-commerce store. It's, it's a, it's an interesting time. And, and some businesses, as you've mentioned, are all over it because mm-hmm. they had that forcing function of COVID. So what, what would be some suggestions you have for the, uh, infant e-commerce business that is just dipping their toe in the water and, uh, you know, what? What are the best paths to, towards success? Yeah, well, your typical, you know, Main Street local business, and you might know this, the stature, to my understanding, they only spend about fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a year in ads, like at the super Main Street, you know, level business. Yeah, I think you'd be lucky if if that was the yeah, budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I would say for somebody that's just getting started and, and exploring, how do I make e-commerce work? It's really thinking through what is something that somebody can make an immediate decision on potentially online and what is the what is the 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 fastest path to that first transaction so coming back to this IRR conversation of how quickly can we get to break even or profitability you want to be thinking about how can i invest a dollar and get that dollar back today so that you don't need ad capital, right? So you don't need to come to Funnel Dash and get right. ad card. And the way you do that is you, know, you have to keep your what we call average order value, your front end value at about $100 or less. And this is going to allow the consumer to be able to see your ad, make a decision on their first page visit or within 24 hours, 48 hours, and make a buying decision and recoup that marketing dollar investment back. I think a lot of people that are just trying to figure out e-commerce in the early stages, maybe they were selling something more expensive. Maybe it was furniture, or maybe it was, you know, mattresses, or, you know, something that's maybe upwards of $1000 of a price tag. Those price points, you really want to think through what is a bundle offer that's going to be uh more easily attainable to make a quick decision on, get your marketing dollars back and then be able to land and expand that account. So, you know, build, build larger, um, ad campaigns, more robust inventory, but let's focus on some SKUs that we know we can move and, and start to show that that marketing dollar is, it can pay back before you go for the big, the big win. Yeah, like if you look at, let's just say this this ten thousand dollar you know small business marketing budget a year, if you're selling a thousand dollar product, you have ten at bats, okay, to know if it works. If you're selling a ten thousand dollar product, you have one at bat over twelve months. If you're selling a hundred dollar product, you have a lot more at bats. Or a fifty dollar product, you have a lot more at bats. You can iterate faster. You can learn faster. And you can turn over that marketing budget multiple times a year. So I would say uh, start start small. 
I understand that you have uh, another book coming with the name of the podcast. It's brilliant. Tell That's us right. about that. Yes, it's called uh, Rich Ad Poor Ad. You can go to richadpoorad.com. You can get the ebook version or the physical version. And uh, it's really all about the financial principles that rich advertisers are using to deploy to drive traffic to any website in any funnel at, at scale. And it kind of infuses how to think about investing in you know, marketing campaigns, funding ad campaigns, how do you maximize your float, and really thinking through what are some of the things you need to be thinking of of like a red light, a green light, or a yellow light in terms of you're, you're an investor. <laughs> like, <laughs> What should you not invest in? What should you invest in? And so it's a... I think it's a really unique book, um, and I, I'm I'm really excited to to bring it to market. The one thing I like in listening to you and the and the way that you're telling these stories is that there is always a poor ad, um, and that that's just the expectation. So yeah. how do we get back to best practice? What is the iteration that we need to move on? And and I think that it's important for our audience to understand that. And I think some salespeople have a real hard time. They want to walk into the silver bullet. It's going to solve every mm-hmm. problem under the sun. And it's not really that way. It's more of an, you're, you're working with the customer. Um, mm-hmm. Crazy things happen. Competitors go after you. You know, whatever it might be, there are all these nuances. And understanding where you know, we, where we didn't get it right or where others didn't get it right can actually right. help us not navigate those waters we want to stay away from. There's crocodiles in there. Let's stay away from that. Yeah, and you want to be able to set expectations properly with clients to create long-term, long-term success. And the way that you do that is you look at it like a Wall Street, you know, fund manager. It's not, it's about diversify. It's about limiting your losses, really. At the end of the day, you aren't going to go tell a client to go throw down $50,000 or $100,000 on XYZ campaign, and then you're going to report back whether it worked or not. What you want to be able to do is, if you're going to start small and it's a $100 product or $50 product, you want to be able to spend $100, $200 on an ad, and you know <laughs> if it's right. profitable or not. Like, right. And then you can Really iterate. I think you, if you listen to some of the episodes on the on the podcast, we've had, you know, some of the best media buyers that manage anywhere between ten million and five hundred million a year in spend. And the one thing they all have in common when it comes to this poor ad segment is, first, they will identify and they will admit that they do have poor ads, but second, they will very quickly say that they didn't lose that much on it. It only lost a couple hundred bucks, and they limited their losses. That's a professional agency owner that's a professional media buyer that you want managing uh your ad budget not somebody that's you know uh throwing a hail mary your way and and it will report back in six months on whether it worked or not yeah or are not watching the optimization of the ad spend haven't even cracked open the spreadsheet to look at the lines in three months you're probably dealing with a rookie who told you that they were a veteran it's, totally. it's really interesting. And, you know, for all of the sales reps out there that are wondering why the customer didn't get back to them or, you know, you, having that regular conversation around the performance of the campaigns is where the competitor is going to eat your lunch. If you're not having that, and I, sometimes not going to be comfortable. Sometimes, you know, there is a couple hundred dollars that we lit on 
we just lit on fire that didn't provide value. But, you know, having that constant look at that budget is important. And I, I, when I saw your title on LinkedIn, I was trying to put two and two together to get to the idea of maximize your float. And now I get it. You're saying we're going to have X number of dollars. We're going to put it into this machine and we're going to get return on investment on the other side. And the float is the, is the middle piece. And that's where ad card comes in, um, which can help you finance that float. Um, the same way that you finance other investments that you made. So Zach, thank you for, for giving us all of those insights around Funnel Dash and your journey and congratulations on the great product in AdCard and um, really looking forward to learning more on the podcast. Rich Ad, Poor Ad and the upcoming book of the same name. You're just, you are a content producing machine. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you so much, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking to Zach in this edition of the Conquer Local podcast. Three takeaways. The first one, you really want to create long-term success. That is, you know, if we were to add up all the guests that we've had on the show talking about, it's way easier to grow an existing customer, build a raving fan than it is to find a new one. And we have this recurring theme of go to work every day, take really bloody good care of your customers and be focused on their success and you will be successful as an organization. And Zach validated that. The other thing that it's great to hear is there may be this ability to finance some of that float or your ad spend while you're waiting for the payback from driving that message and finding those new leads and bringing them into your organization. There's always a bit of a trough there. You know, there is that saying around the J curve where you have to invest, you're going to go below the line. It's going to be, you're not going to make any money for a while and then you come out the other side and you're going to see that growth. And then finally, the ability to prove attribution and the ability to admit that there's going to be rich ads and there's going to be poor ads. I, I have to make another point of that. That shows leadership and it shows strength and it shows the fact that you, you know, you give a shit about your customer where you're saying, we're going to run the campaign based on everything that we know today. We're going to watch it like a hawk. We're going to adapt and we're going to make sure that we are getting the results that, that you, Mr. Mrs. Ms. Customer desire. When you hear somebody speak like that, you can tell that they've been there, done that and uh, read the book and they know what it's like to take care of a customer and to set those proper expectations. Well, always a pleasure speaking to Zach. I've had a couple of opportunities once when he was here on this podcast and, and also when I will appear on the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast with Mr. Johnson. If you'd like to continue the conversation with Zach Johnson or any of our guests in the Conquer Local world, come join us at the Conquer Local community. It's a chance to continue the conversation, to ask questions, to offer advice on what we might want to look at moving into 2021. We're planning season four right now, and your suggestions are what we use to put that roadmap together. And producer Colleen has been digging deep to figure out what would be some great guests that we could come up with on season four, and what would be some great master sales series training components. And 
Recently, we had uh, one of our partners, Tim Pringle, come all the way to our offices and we were able to sit down with him for a while and get some of that insight. And I'm appealing to you, the conquerors out there, listen to the podcast on a regular basis to reach out to us in the community and offer those insights, advice, suggestions, complaints, debate, yelling, whatever you would like to do. We're watching it like a hawk and that's how we're crafting what's going to build season four of the Conquer Local Podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath.